Welcome to the Life House Beloved podcast. We just, um, yeah, especially welcome because we've had a bit of a break over Christmas, so we hope you've enjoyed your break as well. I'd just like to welcome Debbie Singh, who's with me tonight, and Jude Whitehouse, and I'm Carolyn Thomas. Hello, morning, girls. Good, good evening. What is it? Evening. Evening, evening yeah, but somewhere else it could be morning, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to explain something um, before we start. We're going to, what we're going to do this year is we're going to just, instead of uploading a podcast every week, we're going to upload it every fortnight because we're really starting to go into books of the Bible. And so I want you to have that time in between, that week in, in between to just really get into the Word of God, get into the book that we're actually studying. So when you're listening to the podcast, maybe it'll be really useful to have a pen and paper and you could jot down some of the scriptures that we share with you and then really be good for you to, you know, get into that the next week. All right, so tonight we're going to kick off with um, Paul's letter to the Philippians. And so just to give you a little brief introduction to, to his letter, Paul wrote the letter to them when he was under house arrest in Rome, and he'd had to leave. He'd been previously in Philippi, and he'd had to leave there after a storm of persecution and illegal imprisonments. And so now he's in Rome in prison again, house arrest, and he's writing a letter to the Philippians. And, you know, when he wrote that letter, he had three specific or four specific reasons that he wrote it. The first one was a, was a letter of thanks. The Philippian church, he had a lot of friends there, and he, you know, he really loved, him, loved them, and they loved him. And so they had sent him a gift, and so he was writing a letter of thanks to thank them for the gift. And then the second reason is, now excuse me for my pronunciation of the name here, but um, they sent the gift with Epaphroditus, and he brought the gift. He'd come from Philippi to bring it to Paul, and that also allowed him to stay on and be a bit of a personal assistant to Paul. And what had happened was he got homesick, and you know, um, so Paul sent him home to Philippi. But when he sent him home, you know, he wrote the letter that you know saying how how good it had been to have, and and he just really wanted them to know that this guy wasn't a quitter. He hadn't just you know come home because he just couldn't hack it. But Paul really was concerned for his health and knew that he was homesick, and so you know he sent the, sent him back with that. And then the third reason was it was a letter of encouragement to to them because they were going through trials, and Paul mentions in there that they'd gone through the same trials that he had, and, and that was persecution of the church and, and arrest and stuff. So just to encourage them in that persecution. And then the fourth reason was just an appeal for unity and just to warn them against false teachers. And, you know, most of Paul's letters were written to address particular situations within the church. And it's important for us to remember that because of human nature and human situations, they don't change. And so God still speaks to us through this today. And, you know, we'll often face a lot of the same type of things going on. All right, so we're going to kick straight in with reading Philippians 1, 1 to 11. So, Debbie, could you do that for us, please? Sure. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all, you, for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. 
For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the, ru- filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Amen. So that's just to verse 11. And you can just hear Paul's fondness for them in there, can't you? And that's an yeah. awesome prayer, isn't it? So we're just going to um, look at verse 9 a little bit more where he says, This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depths of insight. So we're going to just, girls, discuss that verse in terms of maybe looking at, and I've said they might overlap, so we're looking at love, basically, what it is. We're looking at knowledge, what, it, what he means in this context, and depth of insight. So, Jude, what have you got? Um, just thinking of love and um, the dictionary addict. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before. Um, but love is strong affection uh, for another arising out of kinship or um, personal ties. So it, they're all God's children. So, you know, it's, that's their tie is that, you know, they've got God the Father with them, Jesus Christ as well. So... Um, but yeah, but yeah, but for love, it you know it's unselfish and unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another, um, fatherly concern of God for humankind, or brotherly concern for others, and and that's what our relationship is as Christians. It's you know, it's we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So yeah, it's just it's you, you can't get much stronger. <laughs> what have you got? Anything to add to that, Deb? Yeah, well, when I first thought of it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to the dictionary. But then I thought, uh, no, well, what hits me when I think of love, especially when I'm, you know, obviously looking at God's word, is that I'm thinking of God's love for us. And, yeah, yeah and just, um, yeah, just how, you know, the, the verse in Corinthians, First Corinthians, where it talks about, you know, love is patient, love mm-hmm. is kind. And, yeah. And, and really all those things of love are the fruit of the spirit, aren't they? Um, yeah, So, and love as well. I mean, when I see it, when I see that word love, I just think of that decision of the will. Mm. Yep. You know, that um, no matter what, you still, you're not going on your feelings. You're no. going on a decision. Yep. Um, and as you said, God's love for us, and, and that's what he prays for them, that their love may abound more and more. Mm. Um, and I just want to tie that in because... Um, Love is the way to knowledge. He goes on and he says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. Mm. Um, love is the way to knowledge because if you really love something or if you love a subject, you want to actually want to learn more yep. about it. You want to have more knowledge about it. Mm. So if we love a person, we want to learn more about them. And if we love Jesus, we want to learn more about him and his truth. So he's saying, you know, your love may abound more and more in knowledge. So as your love grows and increases, it's going to lead to that, you know, you're going to get to know Jesus more and just really want to know him more, um, yeah, and be sensitive to his will and his desires. Yep. I was looking at, you know, you know the, about abound, you know, and what abound meant, and um, it said flourish, thrive, be plentiful, be abundant, so, you yeah. know, that kind yep. of gives you a bit more of an expansion on, you know, love in a in abundance, loving, yep. make sure there's plentiful yeah. supply. It's not just a fluffy yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. And flourish, you know, obviously means, I don't know, I think of flourish as growth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. 
And I think as well, as your knowledge of of God increases and your knowledge of Jesus, you'll fall more in love with him. And that in turn is going to increase your love for people as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so. And the more you know about love, like the more and more knowledge, like the more you know, the more you can teach others, the more you can show it, the more you can, like if you don't know about it, then you can't teach others, can you? And then from there, it flows into, so the more you abound in, in knowledge and depth of insight, the insight would be that discernment and that perception. And yep. so as that abounds more and more, they'll be able to distinguish between what's right and wrong. Yep. More and more. So, yep. Do you girls have anything to add about that? No? Knowledge, depth of insight? Go for yeah, well, just with the depth of insight, um, I've had a wise lady tell me before, if you know the real thing, then you can pick a fake. So the more you know, the... Yeah. 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 And that's really important, especially, well, it's always important, but, you know, we're just going to be starting in church a series on deception. And that is your, that's your only guide against deception, yeah. knowing the truth, knowing the word of God. And like you say, so being able to pick up that counterfeit. Yeah. So yeah. important, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So um, if we, you know, that verse, so, so your love may bind more and more knowledge and depth of insight. And then Debbie, what did it say? And then it goes on to verse 10 so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So why why did Paul want them to have that um, love, knowledge and depth of insight? It tells us here he wanted them to have it so they can discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So what does it mean, girls, to discern? And do you think you can increase your discernment? I think you can. No, you heads doesn't help. Yes. We need voices. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. I think you can. Um, yeah, yeah, discernment is, you know, well, again, it's a dictionary thing, but also from experience, um, you can sense, um, you can detect things with your eyes, but using your other senses as well. Like, you can, um, yeah, you need to come to know something in your head. Oh, I can't explain You'd be discerning it with your spirit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. um, what you're getting at, Jude, the Greek, I've got a Greek word here and I've actually even got the phonetic pronunciation. So hopefully I wrote it down too. <laughs> diakrini. Yes. Okay, or diakrino. So thoroughly back and forth. And that's what you're saying, thoroughly back and forth. Yeah. Forth to judge, literally judging back and forth, back and Dis- forth. So yeah, that's distinguish that between it. Distinguishing yep. between yep. and judging um, and reasoning. And so he wanted them to have that so they can discern what's best to discern is right from wrong so that they can be blameless because, mm. you know, we have to appear before Jesus without spot or wrinkle. Yes, that's right. And so, you know, yep. And it comes back to the more you know, the more you can pick a lie. So the yeah. discernment helps with that. Yep. Yep. I was just going to say, um, discernment's not something really that you can grow on your own. Yeah. No, uh, you right. definitely need to have that. Strong relationship, yes, and and because the Holy Spirit actually is is the one that helps you discern, yes, because yeah. yeah. we can't discern on our own. Yeah. I mean, no. there's other ways that people do discern things, yeah. um, which is not, not of the Holy the Spirit. Spirit. Yep, um, but for us as Christians, yeah, yeah we need to. Definitely. You yep. can't grow in that unless you're growing in your relationship with. That's right. That's one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've said as well, you can increase because Paul's prayers that love may abound and that would increase in depth of insight. But what you've said exactly right, Debbie, that is only as your intimacy with God and with the Holy Spirit in particular increases mm-hmm. because, as you say, the discernment comes. It's Him that's. Yeah. yeah. You know, your spirit's yeah. picking up. Um, and only as you walk increasingly in the Spirit and listen to Him and obey Him that He'll give you that mm. discernment. That's and the thing, you've got to obey, not just listen to yeah. it. Yeah. And it becomes more natural 
yeah. the more yes. you, the, the more you yeah. use it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's just part because of, it's, as you walk more and more in the spirit and like, like what you're saying, the more you use it, the becomes more natural or you get better at it. But what it is really is you're actually getting better at listening to the spirit and obeying and walking in the spirit. That's yep. what it is. Yeah. Because if you stop, you know, if you don't obey and listen, your conscience eventually gets set over and whatever, and you would stop discerning. So, yep. yeah. Yep. So, definitely it's tied into your intimacy with Christ. All right. And then he goes on to say, so you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless. So, let's look a little bit about these words, pure and blameless. What what do they mean and what do you think it should look like for us in our daily walk as Christians? Because we also want to talk about, you know... How we would apply the word of God as well, yep. what it means for us, not just in theory. Well, I went to the dictionary this time before <laughs> Jude got there, <laughs> and basically it was saying not mixed, pure is not mixed or adult, adulterated with any other substance or material. So I like that. When I read that, I was thinking about how our lives are so easily tainted or mixed with the worldly things around us yep. that yep. our thoughts and our motives and our faith can easily become impure if we aren't careful. Yeah. Yep. Um, we should make sure that we are careful to read God's Word yep. because if we're reading things, you know, even, I mean, great book, there's great books about to help you read God's Word, but if you're not reading God's Word and having that relationship with the author, yeah. then, you know, there's times that, you know, bits of untruths or it just it just so easily can get yeah. muddied. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that's very good. I like that. You know, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot, yeah, and it's mm. that whole thing again is either walking in the flesh or walking by the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole being lukewarm, either you're yeah. all for it or you're all against it. It's no... No grey areas. Yeah. <laughs> pure, you'll be boiling hot, hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, you've got to keep short accounts, don't you? Yeah. So you just got to. Yeah. I've got some. Um, so yeah, I went to dictionary as well, but I went to the Greek dictionary, girls. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> so word here used for pure is um, elikrins. So I um, apologise to anyone. Or, who is Greek, who is listening, I know it must be torture. I don't mean to murder your beautiful language. But just an interesting thing, two possible derivatives of this were the word Eli, and that means sunshine. That's cool. Now you see where we're going with the pure. And krenin, which is to judge. So basically here, the, the, the word he's using, um, the pure means that which is able to stand the test of sunshine without any flaw appearing. That's nice. awesome. Diamonds, hey? yeah. <laughs> and so basically um, the word pure here means that the Christian character can stand any light that's turned upon it. Yeah. And um, I like that just reminded me of um, one of our, you know, we have um, Debbie and Tish, they, they run our treehouse, which is our kids program at church. And um, I think Tish did the honey thing, didn't she, a while ago where... You know, she gave them each a little jar of honey yeah. and, and she just showed them, you know, there was honey with no impurities in it and everything how it looked. And then she contrasted one with, she'd put mud or sand or something in, just how, you know, to, to yeah. say that we've got to be clean and pure and stuff. And I've still got that little pot of honey. I said, can I have one? Because I need to put it in my study. So it just yep. reminds me. Yeah. And, and so that made me think of that just when the light comes through and, you know, there's no impurities. Mm. And then the other possible derivative um, is derived from the word ilian, which means to whirl round and round like in a sieve. 
Yeah. Okay, and so you sift away until every yep. impurity is extracted, and so the Christian character is cleansed of all evil until it's pure. So I think really there as well with the pure that he's talking, it's basically for us. What does it do look like practically? It's allowing the Holy Spirit to refine our characters, mm. isn't it? Yep. And you know, I've said if I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. Only trials and heat. Yep. Okay. Um, they're great for bringing that dross to the surface, and and you know that unfortunately that's the only means that that does it. And then when it's brought to the surface, then we can you know because we think oh we go through these trials and this heat and it brings all this to the surface, but there's a reason for that, and it's because when it comes to the surface, then we become aware of it. Yeah. Yep. And then we can confess, repent, and then change our behavior. Yeah. So really, in light of that process of purifying, we need to really, con- I was just thinking, we need to consider all our complaining and grumbling about all the trials and difficulties. You know, I talked yeah. to yeah. myself here first, as always. But, you know, would avoidance of having not having these trials and difficulties, would that help us to become pure? Would it help us to develop our character and, you know, if you don't submit to the process, it's going to be repeated and repeated somewhere because God <laughs> loves us too much to leave those yeah. impurities there. And I just, um, you know, I might be, well, I'm not really diverging, but um, just reminds me of a scripture because uh, I'll go through different scriptures and write them up with my liquid chalk, which the girls introduced me to a few years ago, which I love on my bathroom mirror, just, you know just to really get the word into me and to work on it. And the scripture that I've got up there in the moment is um, Philippians 2, 14 to 16. And I'll just quickly read it to you because it does tie in with this whole um, purity. All right, so Philippians 2, 14 to 16. If I can find it, here we are. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that, all right, so do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation and that's what you're talking Debbie we can't mm-hmm. like have a foot in the world we yeah. do live in a warped and crooked generation yeah. there's yeah. no doubt about it then you will shine among them like stars in the skies you hold firmly to the word of life mm. and yep. so that's you know that's the pure so if you want to become pure stop grumbling and complaining and the whole point is when we have all these hard times happening we grumble and complain then we look like the world around us yeah but it is the testimony is in the fact that you're having these hard times and you're not grumbling and complaining and that's where you shine because people are looking and saying hang on how come you can handle this so well? How come you're not negative and you're not complaining? I've actually got a story about that. A friend of ours, she's got four children and um, she gets them all to school on time, everything like that. And she said she'd always run into this mum who also had four children who would just be absolutely flustered and, you know, trying to get the kids to class and all that sort of stuff. And one day the mum turned around to her and said, you're always calm. How can you be so calm with four children, you know? And it's because she's got Christ, yeah. like, yeah. yeah and, that's yeah. where her strength comes yep. from. Yeah, yeah. so, but I thought that was really good, so, because I don't doubt that any of us want to be pure and blameless. I mean, yeah. I know you do, right, before yes. God, when you stand before Him. <laughs> and so, it's telling you the way to become pure and blameless is, you know, don't complain and grumble, and then you, and, and even there, you want to have an impact on other people, and that's what's going to cause you to shine, because it's so different. Yep. Yeah. It's different to the world, because the world, you know, is there's difficulties and trials, everyone here, you know, would hear about it, and so I thought that was really good, mm. um, because that will cause them to ask, why are you so different, and then you've got that opening to testify, haven't you, yep. about God's goodness and provision. Yeah, so, and, and I just thought it would be good to re- just, you know, I've personally done this and just to encourage your listeners 
just take a bit of time after you've listened to this or during the next week, just reflect on what people see in you. Mm-hmm. Are you constantly grumbling and complaining, bemoaning your situation, or do you show the joy of the Lord? Are you different in this warped and crooked generation? Are you shining, or are you just the same as the world, grumbling and complaining? And you know, our, our whole aim as Christians is to live a life that we're going to give glory and praise to God. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Um, and so any goodness in us is not meant to win us credit, but it's to bring praise and glory to Him. And so it would just be interesting to reflect and say, is my life and my conduct, my behavior doing that? Because we can say we have faith. Yeah. We can say we trust in God. We can say we believe Him. But you know what? Actions speak louder than words. Your mm. conduct is the thing that they're looking at, and that's the proof of it. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. So what about Blameless. You got anything for that? <laughs> no, yeah, I do. Right, yeah. I was like, he's going to hit the dictionary first. <laughs> so I was going to leave Judy. So yeah, some of the words that I I got from the dictionary were innocent, guiltless, above reproach, beyond criticism, above suspicion, in the clear, pure, pure. Wasn't it interesting that pure was in there with blameless? Um, spotless yep. and yes. squeaky clean. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, actually, something I, I actually said about purity, I had down about purity, was that, and same with blameless, I guess, too, it can sometimes be um, the world mixes it up a little bit with naivety. You know, you're a bit yeah. naive if yeah. you're pure. Yes. But really, what we're talking about is not being naive. We're talking about knowing. Yes. What we're doing, but being pure and yeah. being no, yep. blameless good. on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, because the world is too confronted by the yeah. idea of being pure. Yeah. Yes. So they'd rather just call you naive or whatever and use that as an insult. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point, Debbie. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I think living like practically day to day, it's just living a life of integrity. Like mm. you're the same at home or in public. You're same around your Christian yeah. and non-Christian friends. Um, yeah, don't have multiple personalities. Yeah. Like, yeah, just know that, know that, yeah, it's who you are and this is me. Like, and, yeah. and your life is a testimony, yeah. so actually. Yeah. Because you know what? At any point in time, you're either bringing glory to God's name yeah. or you're not. Or you're not. Or you're yeah. Yeah. To it, so it's really mm. There's no half-heartedness. Yeah. 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 And I've got for blameless, you know, similar to what you girls have gotten, um, you know, no fault, nothing that causes anyone else to stumble. Yeah. yeah. Um, not being a hypocrite, not yeah. open to any reproach. So, in other yeah. words, I can't Innocent. have anything bad to say about you. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, behaving in such a way that yeah, people don't have something bad to say about you. Yeah. And, you know, when I uh, looking at that, not being a hypocrite, it was interesting. I read somewhere. Um, I think in one of the commentaries about where the word hypocrite came from. I think I looked it up. Um, in the Greek dictionary, <laughs> and it talked about like it was like in a theatre where they had these big masks yeah. that oh, they yeah. used to wear, and then their voices would echo as well. Inside there, there were metal contraptions, and I thought that is so good because, you know, another word that I have for hypocrite that I've seen um, somebody I know used to think is just like a chameleon. Yes, they just change. Mm their mask and their words and whatever for, to adapt to the situation. And I just thought that's really good as well. So so not, yeah, because basically if you are doing that and you are being a hypocrite, then you are causing people to stumble because they're going to yep. look at you and your life and your conduct first. Yep. That's the test in me. And especially if it's if it's non-Christian friends and they know you're a Christian, yeah. 
and if you're acting no different to them, and they'll then, go, well, why do I need change? Exactly. Why do I need exactly this Jesus right. thing, yeah. or why do I need, you know? Yeah, and I mean, your behaviour, if it's carnal and sinful and yep. reacting in the flesh, it's bringing shame as well to the yeah. name of yeah. Jesus, because yep. leaders are judged by their followers. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus gets judged as well by us, yep. you know, unfairly, but mm. that's just the that's way it is. It is yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. All right. So then um, he goes on to say that. Um, so you would be pure and blameless. And I've lost my page, but it's talking about for the day, the day of Christ. Of Christ. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So what does that mean for the day of Christ? When Jesus returns. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's that simple because I thought, oh, I've got this right. That's just straightforward. But, yeah, so we want to be, he is returning. Yep. Yep. And we want to be very ready. Yeah, we want to be ready. ready and pure and blameless yep. before yep. him. So, yeah, so that's awesome. So the day when he returns to fetch his bride without spot or blemish, so yep. pure. Yep. All right. One thing yes. I quickly wrote down, which Jude just said before, is about keeping short accounts with God. Yep. And, yeah, like that's really important to do because – you know, if you're not doing that, then that's when you can get tainted and you can, the world can come in and, yep. you know. And you're not going to be ready. I just think no. of those those ten virgins, hey, where some were not ready and they had to, like, go, oh, let's go quickly and get the oil and whatever and yep. get ready and mm. sort out and it was too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so short accounts, yep. And we don't know when that is, so. Yep. yep. All right, well, we've just got um, a last little bit to discuss on this and then we'll start wrapping up. But we've got verse 11. Um, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what does it mean to be filled? What does it look like in our life? You can couple it in with discussing the fruit of righteousness. What is that? How should it manifest? I, I said um, filled is not a bit, not a fair bit, yeah. but completely yeah. filled. No room for anything else. Yep. No unrighteousness. Yeah. Yep. I like that. And it's um, when I was thinking about it, it's doing everything in Christ's strength, not 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 our own strength. Um, doing it in yeah for His will and for His glory, not like oh, I think I'll go do this because it's a nice idea, you know. Yeah, it's His. Well, I um, when I was thinking of that full, like you say, Debbie, it's like just totally packed. Yeah. yeah. And the picture I got was of a cream donut. You know those long, <laughs> yeah. those long cream donuts yep. that what's inside actually oozes out. Yeah. So if yep. it's filled, it's going to ooze out. Yep. And then mm. I thought as well, especially when you squeeze it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that would be a little challenge point I have. What comes out? Of you yeah. when you get squeezed. That's, that's, yes. what I was, that's what I was just thinking, you know. So it's not always pretty. <laughs> we get squeezed and we are yeah. under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. What's oozing that's, out? And that's when you see, because, you know, that's the real you. The Bible yeah. talks about as well that the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Yeah. So yeah. what's coming out under those times of pressure. Yeah. Um, and so if we just look a little bit about that righteousness, that fruit of righteousness, I mean, you know, righteousness is the gift of God where we brought into right relationship with God because we believe in Jesus Christ. And, and you know, your works or your deeds or even, you know, what's coming out your mouth, that fruit, that's your, the visible expression of power that's working inwardly and invisible. Yep. But that's yep. the visible expression. And the character of the fruit is evidence of the character that the power is producing in you, the Holy Spirit. So it's either going to be the Holy Spirit or the flesh. That's what your fruit's going to show. Yeah. Um, you know, so so really um, visible expressions of hidden lusts are your flesh fruits that you'll see. Yeah. And visible expressions of being yielded to the Holy Spirit are going to manifest in the fruits of the Spirit, which would be your fruits of righteousness, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness or gentleness. 
and self-control. So that's really interesting. Again, a challenge for you to remember mm. is that, you know, um, you can say you believe in God, you can say you're walking by the Spirit, but the, the fruit is actually the evidence of what we can't... Because I can't see, Debbie, what yeah. your faith is in your heart and whatever. You can tell me that, yep. Yep. but I'm actually going to see evidence of it by your conduct and your yeah. fruit that's coming out. So, that, you know, that's really important and... Um, yeah. So anything else to add, girls? No. no. Oh, I just um, had one thing as well, that you can't attain righteousness by obedience to any law or anything of your own merits, okay? But um, disobedience is evidence of unbelief. So as I said, you, the faith that you say you have in your heart in God is invisible, but we actually see evidence of your faith by your obedience. Yep. So you might tell me that you believe in God, that you trust in God, but your behavior yeah. in mm. the circumstances actually showing me the evidence of your faith and what's actually yep. in your yeah. heart. So I thought that was quite good. You see your faith by your obedience. Mm. Yeah. Yep, so. Because yeah, you can say you hear God and you're listening, but if yeah. he's told you or if the Holy Spirit's prompted you to do something and you don't do it, yep. then... Even the word of really? God, what? like yeah. are you applying it and oh, doing yeah, that's that? What, yeah. you know? So mm. you're saying you believe him, you trust him. Yep. But as your conduct saying otherwise, so your fruit is giving evidence of your faith, and yeah. that's quite yeah. that's quite sobering for me. That was quite yeah. sobering. Yeah. <laughs> that you know we mm. might we can say to people, "Oh, we've got faith, we've got this and that," but that's in the heart; it's invisible. But yep. actually, and that's what the word says as well: by their fruits you will know them. Yeah, yeah. that's and right. So I think that's really important. Mm. All right, so we're going to wind that up there. And I'll just really encourage you, as I said at the beginning, to just take the next week in between to just really get into that Philippians chapter 1, the first 12 verses, or read the whole chapter so you'll be ready for next week as well. And, yeah, just take time and ask the Lord to just really open the word to you. So you can check us out on www.life-house.net. I normally say one extra W, so this time I didn't. No. <laughs> They're just teasing me. All right, so thank you so much for listening. And just take time to get into that word. Ask the Holy Spirit to really break it open for you and just really reflect on the things that we've discussed. All right, we'll, well, we won't see you, but we'll speak to you next week. Yep. See ya. See ya.